Welcome to the Gospel Saves podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. I'm Wade Stanley, an evangelist with the Church of Christ. Please visit thegospelsaves.me for blogs, videos, and Bible studies. You can also find The Gospel Saves on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back to my ongoing study of the Church. This is Episode 11, The Body of Christ, Part 3. In this episode, we think about how to consider one another in the body of Christ. Building up the body of Christ requires open eyes, open hearts, and a little bit of imagination. We, of course, do not want to be gossips and busybodies. But Scripture commands us over 30 times to serve one another in various ways. When we carefully think about how to serve the body of Christ, we motivate others to love and good works. Before I get into the study, let me do a little bit of housekeeping. If you're listening to this podcast on Spotify or Apple and you find this or any of my other content helpful, please consider giving me a five-star rating and leaving a review. If you're watching this on the Gospel Saves YouTube channel, please give the video a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, and click the bell icon to receive notifications when I upload new content. All of these small gestures help the good news of Jesus Christ reach more people, so you can help me preach the gospel and teach the doctrine of Christ's church to as many people as possible. I appreciate your help. Now let's talk about the body of Christ. On our last program, we left off talking about how the church as a body needs to come together on a regular basis, that we need to see ourselves as members of a Christian community, that we're not individuals serving God, but rather we are part of a, a bigger organization, a bigger organism. We are part of a body. And we shouldn't, as the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, we should not abandon coming together. The answer is not to forsake the body, but rather to get together with the body. And what we want to do is to consider, to consider one another, as he says in verse number 24. I need to think about how I can help my fellow brother and sister in Christ. You see, we come to church not for our own benefit. We come to church because we're there to worship God first and foremost, but second, we are there for the sake of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And when we come together, we need to take some time to evaluate what the needs of our brothers and sisters are, to give some careful thought, some planning as to how I can best serve my fellow Christians. You know, here's a few things that you can keep in mind. As you consider your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, think about the age demographics in the congregation. Is it mostly a younger congregation or an older one? Maybe there's a balance between the two. What do each of those age brackets need in order to remain spiritually healthy? What, what do the young need and what do the old need? Give that some thought. You might think about, is there anyone with chronic health problems in your congregation? Is there someone who 
just is always sick. Well, there's an opportunity. Give some thought of how you could help that person. Are there widows in the congregation? If there are widows, do they have family who's looking after them? 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 3 through 6 makes it very plain that family needs to take care of widows. And if there's not family taking care of widows, that that's something we in the church can do. Give that some thought. Are you praying for the sick in your congregation? I know a lot of churches have lists of people who have who've made prayer requests. Are you keeping your own list? Are there folks who are sick, physically sick in your congregation who need prayers? Are there people who are struggling spiritually who need your prayers? Is there someone in the congregation who has fallen on hard times? Maybe they've lost a job due to cutbacks at work or, or due to sickness. There's a way we can serve. Certainly in emergency circumstances, it's appropriate for the church to help brothers or sisters out like that. And we as individuals can also find opportunities to help them. Are you helping your leaders of your church? You know, the Bible talks about how every congregation needs elders. Are you being supportive of those elders? Are you praying for them? both privately and publicly? Are you striving to keep your life as clean as possible? Remember, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 17, the writer of Hebrews says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Elders have to give an account for your soul. Are you keeping your life clean so that you're making their jobs easier? That's a way that you can consider your, your leadership in your congregation. Are you talking with your fellow Christians beyond just exchanging pleasantries? Do you talk with them just in terms of, hi, good morning, how you doing, how's your week been? Weather's been really nice lately. Are you just exchanging pleasantries? Are you keeping yourself from gossip so that people can feel like they can come to you and confide in you? Are you confessing your trespasses to one another? Are you making yourself available to assist those who are spiritually ailing? Is there someone who's really struggling with sin? Are you available? Are your own, is your own spiritual life in good order so that you can help such a person? You know, Jesus talks about if you've got a plank in your eye, take it out before you try and help your brother with the speck in his eye. So get your own spiritual house in order so that you can help someone else. You see, it's absolutely essential for a church to be filled with people who are aware of what's going on in each other's life. Not to be nosy, not to be busybodies, not to be gossips but rather to know what's happening so that all of these commands we have to do these things for one another can be fulfilled. Do you realize that there is somewhere between 30 and 40 one another commands in the New Testament? Things that brothers and sisters are to do for one another. Are you fulfilling those commands? 
You know, I was listening to a, a man on YouTube the other day talking about why he left the mega church that he had helped start. It had grown to 5,000 members, and it was just quite, quite a church, he said. One of the things that caused him to leave that model for the church and begin starting churches in people's homes was he noticed all of the one another commands that are in the New Testament, and he saw how large this church had become, and he thought to himself, how, how are we able to carry out those one another commands. He's right. If you've got 5,000 people, it's easy to get lost in the shuffle. But if you're part of a small group, it's easy to consider one another. So the writer of Hebrews says in verse 24 of chapter 10, let us consider one another. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. That phrase, stir up, means to provoke or spur one another on. We have a word for it we use in our day and age. It's called motivation. We are to think about how we can help each other so that we can motivate one another to love and to good works. You see, the good things you do for the body of Christ can motivate other people. A functioning, vibrant body of Christ is filled with members who are filling their lives with good works. We talked about this when we were discussing the temple and that as priests we are to offer sacrifices. And some of the sacrifices that we can offer are sacrifices of good works. We have been created in Christ Jesus for good works, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 10. Paul says to Titus in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly and righteously and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. You have been saved. You have been recreated in Jesus Christ, not for your own benefit alone. You have been created for good works. The writers of Hebrews says we are to consider how our good works can motivate others, can provoke others to love and good works. When I am zealous for good works, I seek to excel in doing good things so the church may be built up, that the body may be edified, and so that I can be an influence for good in the lives of other people. There's this incredible example in the book of 2 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9, Paul is talking about the collection the Corinthians are taking up for the poor saints in Judea. And Corinth has apparently made, well, they've made quite a promise to Paul. And Paul has shared that promise with other congregations. And other congregations have been motivated by the promise that Corinth made. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, Paul says, Now concerning the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you, for I know your willingness, about which I boast of you to the Macedonians, that Achaia 
that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal has stirred up the majority. Achaia was the province in which Corinth was located. And what Paul is saying is, when you made this promise, when you expressed your willingness, it stirred people up. In fact, he goes on to talk about how it stirred up the Macedonians. The Macedonians were a group of very poor congregations. And Paul said they were so inspired by the generosity of Corinth that they were motivated to give until it hurt. You see, your good deeds can motivate other people and this is what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. I've heard people ask, why doesn't the church do anything? And my answer is, why don't you do something? You are the church. You might be surprised how a consistent, long-term commitment to service can profoundly affect the dynamics of a congregation. Be the change that you want to see in other people. You know, it's a real blessing to be a part of the Lord's body. It's wonderful to think about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a part of the elect, to be a part of the chosen people of God. But let's not focus just on ourselves, my friends. Over in the 20th chapter of Acts, verses 32 through 35, Paul is giving his final words to the Ephesian elders. And in that passage, he is reminding them of his example. And the final words he says to the Ephesian elders is, is a quote of Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. If you go to church only thinking about what you get out of it, then you're missing out on the greater blessing. Instead, if you go to church thinking, what can I give my brothers and sisters in Christ? Jesus says you will be more blessed because it is more blessed to give than to receive. My friends, don't, do not get together with the church just to sit and get. Go to church so that you can give and live. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find Acapeldridge on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will. Oh,